Aloha nui kako, avelina mai keia pukanau, keia wai podcast, oi hoio mungkain things the podcast. Today we have a long one, so strap in, grab yourself a nice hot coffee or some fucking tea, and let's get to it, girl, or boy, or whoever is listening, because we got a lot of shit to talk about today. So, I have literally tried to record this podcast three times as I have tried to get back to work so many times and tried to dive into everything so many times and it's like not feeling right and not feeling like not perfect but like it just doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel right but I like this okay I'm not gonna get in my way too much I'm just gonna say I apologize in advance for any of the ums or the pauses or like while I'm gathering my thoughts and trying to figure out the right words to use because this is a very sensitive topic um and like disclaimer I'm not here I'm just one person right I'm only one person that has experienced this in the ways that I've experienced this I you know come with my lens that I come with um with my hats that I wear as a Hawaiian, as a mother, as a business owner, as a cultural practitioner, um, and just as a person in general. So we're going to talk about Maui. Um, I put out a thing on Instagram asking what you guys wanted me to talk about, like some topics or questions that you guys wanted me to cover in the podcast, and I got an overwhelming amount of replies. So I'm only going to be able to get through half of what we're talking about today. Um, it's going to be long <laughs> and I'm going to have a little bit of a hard time. So thanks for bearing with me and thanks for being here. And mahalo no ho alohe anamai. Um, and mahalo for everybody that has just been so supportive of everything throughout this whole process. Like I can't thank you guys enough from everybody that supports Moonkind Things so that I'm able to continue to do these things. From everybody that donated so that we could push that love out into all the different places. For everybody that came and volunteered. For everybody that even just like sent me a little message checking in on me because it was it's been like a really fucking heavy month for us for sure. Um so I think what I'm gonna do is I'll dive a little bit into what happened. Like what in from our perspective um, and then I'll cover a little bit of, um, yeah, I'm just going to start there. I'm just going to start with our story because somebody had asked in the questions, like our story of everything that happened. So I'm going to start with our story so that there's context for everything else that we're going to talk about, because I know on social media, it's just really confusing right now. And there's a lot of like contradicting stuff that's being said. So I just want to be here to provide our perspective um, and some think pieces on things as we move forward into the future of the Hawaiian Kingdom and the Hawaiian Nation. So the topics that we're going to cover today are definitely like the whole Maui situation. We're going to cover community organizing, we're going to cover tourism, and we're going to cover grief today. And then next time we're going to cover being Hawaii, being Hawaiian in Hawaii. We're going to cover OEV mothering, we're going to talk about diaspora, and we're going to talk about Ho'i, Kapiko, and all everything that is encompassed in that. All right, so... I hope that during this little intro, you've had time to get yourself a tea and to get yourself a little snack because I have my, I have water. I was going to get a coffee, but I was like, girl, we don't need no more cortisol coursing through our veins right now. Okay. And I've got a little snack. I've got ASMR for you. Um, and for right now, we are here together. So mahalo for being here and mahalo for listening and for being patient um, as we go on this journey together. So starting from the top, <laughs> um, so I 
so my partner is born and raised in Lahaina. Um, her ohana still lives there. She lives on Oahu with us. Um, and we go back and forth to Lahaina, between Lahaina and Kaneohe, pretty much. Lahaina has wildfires often. So when my vahine first told me um, that there was another fire going on, I was like, okay, like, yeah, it's something that we should monitor. But it didn't really, you know, like we were like, okay, yeah, you guys get fires all the time. The next morning, we kind of saw how bad the fire was. And like throughout the night, she was really nervous because she was like seeing things and getting updates from people. But the next morning was when we really saw like and heard from her family and like her friends and stuff. Um, oh, sorry. Quick disclaimer. I know that there's a lot of stuff that's going on in Kula too. I only speak from this perspective of Lahaina just because my vahine is from Lahaina and because we have also like, um, you know, she is a part of the PA in Lahaina with Uncle Ke'eo Moku and Aitiu'i. We have community ties, both of us, to that vahi and to those people. So I just um, speak from that perspective. I know there's a lot going on in Kula too. I just don't know. I'm not qualified to speak on everything going on there. So that's the only reason why I'm talking about Lahaina specifically. Um, so yeah, so we found out that the fire was like a lot worse than we had thought. And we heard the stories from her family um, and started to like really get this picture that there were a lot of people that needed help um and so that morning we made the decision that we were gonna help like we didn't really know exactly in what capacity we just knew like we had to move and we had to move quickly because from what we were hearing there were people that were stuck that didn't have access to basic needs like food water shelter so um, I posted something that morning and I want to just take a really quick minute to talk about the community organizing because I was going to talk about that after Maui, but I said this so many times to my vahine that weekend. I have never, ever seen an amount of community organizing like I saw in Lahaina. And I've been a part of quite a few um, mo like movements, you know, and the Mauna was a beautiful organization both 2015 and 2019 a great example of like mass organization but like the, the how quickly they got shit together in there was unreal and not just how quickly but how efficiently and how like I was just blown away and in the like day before we went up and we were watching everything happen on social media I just was like holy shit like they first of all they're not seeing any of this on the news and second of all look at our people I'm getting chicken skin right now just thinking about it and I'm getting a little emotional because I have never seen that level of commitment, that level of um, organization, seriously. And I have a whole new love and respect for Lahaina as a whole, Lahaina as a place, Lahaina as a people, Lahaina as a community um, than I did before. And like my girlfriend and I used to joke around because I'm an East Side girl born and raised, kid. Like I, you need to keep me misted at all times or I will be very grouchy and dried out. And it is freaking hot in Lahaina. Like the AC's blasting in the middle of the day, you are hot. So we used to kind of joke all the time that, you know, I, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't a Lahaina girl. But through all of this and like learning everything that I did, witnessing everything I did, experiencing everything I did, I have like the utmost top tier respect for Lahaina and her people and the way that they function. 
Um, and I've never, ever, ever seen anything like it. And I learned so much about Lahaina as the seat of the Hawaiian kingdom and like the previous capital of the Hawaiian kingdom. And I learned so much about like the deep, deep, deep connections and Pilina and yeah, Pilina is just a really good way to say it. Like I learned a lot about the deep Pilina in Lahaina um, and the kingdom like still exists is my takeaway. Like I know we say it all the time. Um, but more than ever, to see it happen real time was unreal. So anyway, um, okay, yeah. So I posted something uh, that morning about we're accepting donations because I, that, like, from what I saw, well, okay. So I was like, let's just go. My thing was like, let's go cook for them because my partner at first, she was like, I just got to go check on my family. Like, you know, I don't really know what's going on with them. I And so I was like, yeah, of course, uh, you go take care of your family. I'll go feed everybody else that needs to be fed not really knowing the scope and the magnitude of the issue and so at first we were just gonna like take up whatever donations we had here like i was just gonna take a whole bunch of my moon Kinting's merch and like go to the store and get a shitload of like water and stuff to um cook because we tried really hard to make sure that we were coming correct like we didn't even stay at anybody's house when we went there even though we had plenty friends offer because we knew that there were plenty of people being displaced from Lahaina so we wanted to make sure that we weren't taking up a place that they could like be staying in so we didn't want to stay in a hotel we didn't want to stay with like a family friend just in case they could be housing somebody else from Lahaina um, we made sure to bring over all of our groceries, like a ton of raw hamburger meat that we went to Costco, froze, grabbed the next morning, took it through TSA. Like it was a freaking sh- It was crazy, dude. Um, because we didn't want to tax the grocery stores over there. Like we tried really hard to think of everything so that we would only be leaving a good footprint and not be taking anything like even taking our own meals and snacks and everything to make sure that we're not obviously taxing the hubs um so that was like what it was at first and then I was like well I mean I had a bunch of people that were basically messaging me and they were like hi are you okay is everything okay is your bahine okay is their family okay Um, And so I started to, like, understand how big this was. And so I posted about, like, we're accepting donations at the shop in Kaneohe. We are going to Maui. So if you want to send stuff with us, you can. And the next thing I knew, like, I I wasn't even at the shop yet. And there were boxes outside waiting for us. And I was like, oh, my God, so emotional. And, girl, little did I fucking know that this whole ass shop was about to be filled um, so over the next 24 hours, we I had posted that a whole bunch of people dropped things off. I was like, holy shit, if we're leaving tomorrow, we have to go to all these different stores. People are still bringing donations like nonstop. So I posted and I was like, can somebody please come help us organize? And we had like 20 people in here, like working eight hours nonstop volunteers that just showed up. Not only did they organize everything, but we also got a bunch of bins that were donated that to put, well, I mean, we had a bunch of bins here and then we got a bunch of bins donated to put everything in because I was like, okay, I know Aloha Air Cargo is going to be really backed up. What if everything gets, um, sit is sitting in the rain? What if it's in the back of the truck and it gets rained on? So we had to put everything in boxes to get it on the pallet because I knew like the, the cardboard boxes would start to fall apart. 
so everybody not just organized and it was fucking crazy bro like i can't even begin to describe to you guys like how full this place was with people and donations and our shop is not super big like it's 800 square feet in here and like half of that is taken up by our stuff already so it's like really like 500 square feet like stacked to the ceiling dude it was crazy anyway so we had a whole bunch of people here they organized everything they got it in the bins they transported everything downstairs we called a whole bunch of people with trucks like 10 trucks showed up we loaded up all the trucks we drove to aloha air cargo they were like holy shit uh okay i guess and we loaded everything off of the trucks and into the pallets sent everything out and it ended up being i think something like fifteen thousand pounds of donations that we sent up that first round so just to give you an idea of like how fucking like just how the sheer quantity of everything oh also we took the time i want to be like we took the time to org so the whole organizing of the donations came from me knowing that people were going to just drop off a bunch of shit and like they're not going to want to go through it on the other end so we were going through the donations throwing away things that were throw away making a goodwill pile of things that we didn't want to send to maui and then the rest of that was organized and packed up and as we saw in the days and the weeks that would follow like that was a huge fucking step was to organize before sending it over because like obviously they're fucking tired in Maui. They don't want to spend their time. Not only do they not want to spend their time, they literally didn't have the resources for like the first two to three weeks to even get through the donations or even like send you, sending your donations over. Bro, I was so irritated in those first couple of weeks. Like I had so many people that were calling me up like, oh, do you have somebody? Can you pick this shipment up for us? Or, oh, we got this um, this whole fucking semi full of stuff. Can you uh, like, do you have anybody that can receive it? And I'm like, why the fuck would you not think of that before? Like, oh, my God, dude. And then even people that were landing on Maui and they were going to Costco and like spending all of this donation money on stuff. I'm just like, like, it's great. It's lovely. Um, but like looking at the bigger scope of things and looking back on everything, it just doesn't fucking make sense. Like there's plenty of grant money that goes through the bigger organizations like Maui Rapid Response, for example, or Help Maui Rise that could have been purchasing stuff on island with the money. And like in the, like in the first two days, it was like fucking critical and crucial. Like there was no gas. There was no fucking, I mean, not no gas, but like the gas was an issue. The food was an issue. The water was an issue. The, um the ice brah there was no fucking ice like on the island i swear to god for like at least a week because it just kept getting sold out because they didn't have power so it's like all of these things that people don't think about that was really pissing me off dude um because like i un Ugh. and then it was everybody coming in like we're just trying to help we're just trying to help and like even like that video that i posted when we first came back and just like laying it out for everybody and people in the comments were like we're just trying to help from oahu we're doing the best that we can and i'm like okay we'll fucking do better like i saw a video the other day and this dude was like i just post shit i don't think about how you guys are going to perceive it because that's your own situation that's your projection that's your lens that you're looking at things with I just say things and I mean I don't just say things obviously I think about what I'm gonna say and then I say it but like I'm not out here to fucking run for nothing in the government I'm not out here to like fundraise a whole bunch of money for something like I'm just here telling my truth and my perspective and my story on what happened 
Um, and it's going to be nasty and it's going to be mean. And there's going to be a lot of times that some people feel uncomfortable while listening to this. But to be so for real with you, what that maybe you need to take a step back and look at why you feel uncomfortable with what I'm saying. Because, yeah, I know that it was a time that we were all just trying to hurry up and help. But, like, fucking use your brain, brah. Like, ugh. All right. Anyway, so. We got everything over there. On the way over there, I call up my friend who I had literally met one time in my life very briefly. And I'm like, hey, girl, could I come cook at your house? (laughs) She's like, yeah, oh, my God, of course. I'm the party house. We have everything that you need to come cook. Come. So we pull up at her house. Um, Well, first, okay, so we first landed and then we go get everything else that we needed to get. We went straight to her house and we started cooking. When I got the call that the... um, that the shipment was in it was weird because I called that morning and they said no it wasn't in and then they called me back like an hour later and they're like hi your stuff is here and I'm like okay so I go to pick it up they bring out the wrong can I tell him no that's not the right one that's not our stuff he's like well that's the one that it is and I said no it's not so I had to like go back and look at a picture and like zoom in on the can and say this is the can that we had and he said oh okay yeah that one's here so they brought it out While everything's waiting, there's like 50 people that show up to help us transport everything um, from the cans. Like all of these people that literally just drop everything. I had so many numbers in my phone that I was just calling random numbers like, hi, um, are you a Maui? Can you come to the airport in five minutes? (laughs) Like it was crazy. I just I cannot believe the amount of people that showed up to help, like really help. And like that dropped everything to just show up to somebody that they'd never met to just do whatever I like, whatever we ask them to do, you know, it was crazy. So everybody loaded everything onto all the trucks. All the trucks drove over to my friend's house. Everybody helped offload all of the trucks. It was freaking nuts, brah. We just put everything in her yard and then we put everything or half of everything on the flatbed. And then the rest of the stuff um, we just kind of left in the um in the yard like organized because we were just going to do one load with the flatbed and our trucks and then because not everybody had clearance so we could only take a couple of cars in with the clearance that we had um so that and we loaded everything up and we finished the chili and we left when we pulled up to like by Ma'alaya side it was fucking nuts there were people like like first of all there was a line of traffic that was like two miles long and it seemed like it was moving like all the way at the end but like very 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 slowly um and it was crazy because there were people driving in the opposite direction on the other side of the highway there were people that were like speeding down the median like so fast that dust was getting kicked up so people couldn't see there were not enough police officers to cover what the fuck was going on because people were going a little nuts at that point it was so frustrating to be stuck in this line of traffic with our flatbed full of supplies and our truck like freaking ratchet strapped to the max and look around us and see like almost every single car was fucking empty and like it was like we saw quite a few tourists that were in cars and not kaha leaning out of the window and being like why are you going into lahaina go home (laughs) oh my gosh we definitely went in with the right crew the first time um so 
basically, long story short, they shut it down because there were too many people that were going in there to be looky-loose and take pictures and be fucking niele and that didn't have any business being in Lahaina at that point. And so they shut it down. They said nobody is allowed. And so we had to take the hot food. And it was like so shitty, bro, to sit in that line of traffic for like four hours with the hot food that we have, the medical supplies, everything, the water, the like fuck, everything that we had um, and, and have to turn around because we knew that we didn't want to go in there at night. At that point, we were hearing um, pretty like credible rumors that there were people being held at gunpoint uh for supplies that there were like riots going on we saw about 30 police cars like fly past us with their sirens on going into Lahaina so we were like fuck I don't know about that so uh we just took the L and we went home and we actually just took a nap for a couple hours and then we woke up at like three o'clock in the morning and started cooking again so um that morning we had clearance and we went in and we were finally able to like so that was like really emotional right because that was the first time everybody went into Lahaina um, and for my vahine that was her first time seeing the place where she has built her entire life around just gone um, and I think the f- so like our priority was um, people <laughs> how's this one our priority were number one Hawaiians my priority is always going to be Kanaka and I know that that pisses a lot of people off. Um, and before this, I didn't really care too much, to be honest, because that was everything that I have built my entire life premise, goals, future, everything around, right, is Lahui and Kanaka and Kanaka in Hawaii being prioritized. Um, and our second priority were people that so like first Kanaka. Second, people that were not able to get to the shelter or did not want to go to the shelter for whatever reason, because we heard that there were quite a few of them, but we didn't understand until we got there that it was almost everybody whose homes was still intact were staying in there because the word on the street was at that time that if you're leaving your house, you're not going to be allowed back into your house. So there were all these people that were like, for, for lack of a better word, stuck in their homes um because they didn't want to lose their they didn't want to lose access to their home right um so we parked the trucks we had to the first place there were plenty of places that the national guard had blocked off the road so like neighborhoods there was no access into them with vehicles so we had to take everything like the food the water the donations the clothes the medical supplies the respirators we had to hand carry that stuff up the hill over the park and through a neighborhood to a whole bunch of different families over there they were so thankful because um there were people that were doing donations like that too but hardly anybody was or even knew or was going you know walking into that neighborhood and walking across the park and all that stuff um i don't i don't know i don't know how to describe to you guys um what it was like nor do I know if I really want to because it's not like you could ever even understand, right? Um, maybe let's dive into a little bit about the fire itself. Like we said, Lahaina gets fires. 
the reason why this fire was so bad there is no one reason there is no one person to blame in my personal opinion it is a fake state shit show compilation of negligent stuff of uh land robbery desertification um Maui Police Department, Maui Fire Department, the emergency management guy. Uh, all these different, right? Uh, even city planning and how everything was built on top of each other. So people had a hard fucking time getting out. There's many different things flying around about how the fire started, this, that, about the fire department, this, that. And I'm just here to share what I have put together um, after talking to so many people, after seeing things ourselves, after experiencing things ourselves, after talking to people that were fire department—I um, mean, not talking to them, but seeing fire department, firefighters posts, or one firefighters post—basically, uh, yeah, it was like a fire, like bef- like any other time, um, until it wasn't, and so they didn't follow proper protocol to contain the fire, and the next morning when they went back. They saw that the fire was out of control and they knew that there was nothing that they could do. And so they fled the scene were the exact words of the guy, the firefighter that posted this on social media. Um, we don't. OK, I'm not going to dive into all of that. I'm just going to present that fact. There was also a hurt fact. There was also a hurricane that weekend, which made really strong winds, which was blowing hot embers from the, the two original fires into other places, which is why not only was it catching in other places quickly, but the fires were also being getting really big, really fast because of all of the wind. Fact, because of the hurricane, school was canceled for a lot of the kids, so a lot of kids were home alone. Um... Another fact is that Maui Police Department, the emergency siren did not go off. And then another fact is that Maui Police Department um, did not go around like they usually do to make the evacuation announcements on the loudspeakers. Another fact is that Maui Police Department was there. I've heard from one of my friends who's home and her shop is on French Street and their house is a little bit further away that they were the police were definitely there they were not doing anything they were not saying anything they were not talking to anybody they were not providing any information they were just there i've heard from somebody else that police were barricading or not barricading they had blockades set up to keep people from leaving lahaina at certain places i also saw a post with the official fixated hawaii logo on it that she had screenshotted from the day of the fires and she wasn't ready to post it until now but this one was a big one this fake state of hawaii had posted two announcements from their like official social media page one of them saying shelter in place if you're not in an impacted area do not evacuate and then the other one said basically the same thing um, just shelter in place if you're not if basically if your house isn't on fire shelter in place. Oh, that's right It said Kahakuloa residents are the only people that are allowed to travel on that Kahakuloa road because Kahakuloa is like a backside way into Lahaina other than um, the Ma'alaya Harbor front way So I mean if there's no emergency siren police officers are present, but they're not telling you to leave 
and police being like the only authority in the area right and then the fake state also posts these two posts saying don't leave stay where you are it's safer what the fuck are you gonna do right and so I heard of stories of people that had to run through the barricade, the blockade, to leave Lahaina. I heard stories of people who, like, had to um, four-wheel drive up a fucking, like, up and around a mountain. I heard stories of people who, like, just straight up ran through private property, like, you know, people's yards, ramming down people's gates to get out. Um, heard of neighbors that didn't want to leave. I heard of people who tried to help the neighbors that didn't want to leave, that had their own kids in the car. I know you guys see enough fucking trauma porn on social media. Enough shit on social media. So I'm not here to, to paint you a picture. I'm just here to tell you it was fucking bad like and it's a lot worse than people are letting on maybe not letting on it's worse than what the news is telling us number one it's worse than what the fake state is letting on number two because of the whole tourism situation and because i remember seeing this other post circulating right when after everything happened about like they don't want to let everybody know what really happened because they know that the uproar of like over a thousand people being killed because of the state fake state being negligent would be disastrous like people would fucking riot and freak the fuck out if they knew the true magnitude of what happened in lahaina Um, so with that being said all of these things right from the concerts to the paddle outs to the fucking new shirts all feel 1000% wholly inappropriate before I get too carried away I'm just gonna keep I'm going to hop over to the questions because I feel like that will be a great conduit for right now. So number one, your thoughts on the ongoing division amongst the Lahui. Example, coconut Hawaiians following anybody for attention versus Kanaka Oivi Oya'i'o. Um, let's dive into that one a little bit later. Let's talk about, oh, this is, a, oh no, this one belongs under grief. It's so hard. It's so hard to talk about all of this. It's like so overwhelming. Like there are so many fucking layers to everything. And that's why I've like, I just did like, I had so much to say and nothing to say for a long time. And then like every time I come on social media, seeing all of the bullshit is just like too fucking overwhelming for me. So I took a long break from social media too. Um, It's just like too much, bruh. Like, it's just too much to watch everybody promoting their businesses right now and to watch everybody like celebrating and being at the bar and partying when there's like like fucking over a thousand people that just died like a month ago and like i know that there's no timeline to grief and i don't judge any oh well i do fucking definitely do be judging some people bitch but i mean i know that everybody processes grief and trauma in different ways 
but fuck keep that shit to yourself don't be posting that shit on social media fucking party like party but don't be fucking posting that shit on social media right now bro i just feels fucking insensitive like feels so fucking weird anyways um all right well let's just fucking dive into it then your thoughts on the ongoing division amongst the lahui example coconut hawaiians following anybody for attention versus kanaka oivi oya eo this is a great point to talk about i'm just gonna go ahead and highlight that right now coconut hawaiians following anybody for attention versus kanaka oivi oya eo so for oh fuck it's so complicated because you can't blame them they just don't know they're uneducated like it's not that they're stupid they're just uneducated and they want to follow the shiny flashy um new toy that is here speaking eloquently dressed up in the manuhealii you know what i'm saying and in the same breath, they also want to follow the ones that be posting all the fucking trauma porn because they're fucking niele and because they want to, like, I don't know, that human side of us that just wants to, like, fucking, like, writhe in pain and grief and chaos is fucking weird. But, like, it's part of being a human, right, I guess? Like, I don't know, dude. Um, I think there's quite a lot of people... Jade and I talk about this all the time that are on social media right now filming their faces and like, hey, guys, we need to talk about this. <laughs> hey, this is really serious. This is what's going on in Maui. That are just not necessary. And every time I and once Jade brought that up, every fucking time I go on social media, I'm like, damn, she's right. Like every every other video is like somebody 1000% sure that they need to be speaking on what's happening when like to be completely honest they really don't um and I think like I grew a lot of resentment and like like just and and like I'm fucking a little sick of seeing shit on social media of like the way okay sorry let me choose my words really carefully right now rage is sacred anger is sacred pain and grief are also sacred i fucking hate the stereotype of an angry hawaiian because fuck yeah i'm angry i have every reason to be angry but i'm also educated i'm also articulate i'm also um invested i'm also passionate i'm not just an angry hawaiian and it's okay for me to just be an angry, well, maybe not just be an angry Hawaiian. It's okay to be an angry Hawaiian. It's also okay to be a sad Hawaiian, to be a, a joyful, rejoicing Hawaiian, you know? Like, I fucking hate that stereotype of, like, alohae, 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 because, like, just fuck that's just not me that's like not my lineage that's not who i come from that's not my ohana that's not our kuleana is to do that and i'm so thankful for people that are able to awamo that because personally i cannot but it's okay for me to say that and for me to continue to be angry but also continue to be articulate continue to be educated continue to be invested um, and I think that there's lots of people right now that are floating the rhetoric of, um, tearing down other people in our Lahui is detrimental to the overall movement 
is not what our kupuna would do is not um, a Hawaiian way of holding people accountable. And this brings me around to somebody else that asked how to hold each other accountable as Kanaka because some of you be doing the most and are, tr be, are triggering. And I know who this is aimed at or not aimed, sorry. I don't know who this is aimed at, but I can take a guess as to everything that's going on between Napua and Tiare and uh, Ilima and Havanema um and i know that you guys aren't gonna like this but to be so for real i think people do need to be held accountable and i also hear what everyone's saying about those conversations should happen in private and i agree i do agree with that um but I also think that a lot of times when we have conversations like this in private, it's easy for our ego to get in the way and say, well, you're one person that is telling me this. And there's thousands of other people that don't think the same way you think. So whatever. When you do something, when you hold somebody count accountable in public, um, it's hard because I hear it I hear both sides I do hear both sides but I also don't see anyone else holding anybody accountable besides Napua okay sorry I don't want to say holding people accountable I also don't see anybody else posting receipts or letting the general lehu lehu know about well some of the stuff okay obviously right like we take it with a grain of salt like some of the stuff is like okay Napua that's a reach and then some of it is like, that's actually pretty valid. And she's got a point. So it's it's important to be educated on the issues and to sift through with a filter, obviously, what the fuck is going on. So I think it's important to hold each other accountable. And that should look like a private conversation. If that does happen, interesting because, sorry, sidebar, I just saw this thing on TikTok the other day about this beef that's happening between these two DIY creators. Long story short, um, one DIY creator was like, hey, can you not do this because you're copying me exactly? And then the second one was like, aren't you a DIY creator? Like, aren't we supposed to copy you exactly? So she so the first creator basically called out the second creator in like a public video and she like provided receipts and she was like, here is when I did this and then here's when she did this and here's when I did this and here's when she did this and blah, 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 blah. And everybody in the comments was pissed and like they think that it was not appropriate for her to do that and this and that and this and that. And then it comes out later that they actually had had a private conversation before and they both were like, like the first person was really nice about it. She was like, yeah, um, if you could just like not do any more DIYs going forward. And the second person like really understood it and they had come to a really nice understanding. And so she felt like really confused when this video came out because she was like, what do you mean? Like, I thought we had solved it in the private conversation. And then now you're out here making a video about it, blasting me to everybody. And I think that's like a little bit about or sorry, not like that's what's happening. But I think that's like an example, right? Of like what could happen is like you have this private conversation and like you guys agree on something and then you both leave and it's like you both are not upholding what you agreed on. So I think we're all 
Um, I think that's also another generational trauma, to be completely honest, is like handling private matters behind closed doors um, leaves a lot of room for assumption, for insertion, for us to paint our own picture of the conversation that you guys had. I, I think when you're like big leaders of the Lahui, like it's appropriate. Like if you're going to put yourself in a position of big leadership, I think it's appropriate for you to be held accountable publicly. Um, but I also don't think it's appropriate how Nafua is. Okay, sorry. That's like getting too, too into what's going on with them, which is none of my fucking business anyway. So long story short, how to hold each other accountable as Kanaka because some of us are triggering. Yeah, it's triggering. And that's what being held accountable is, is it's uncomfortable sometimes and awkward. Um... I have so much fucking more to say on that, but I'm not going to say it here. So anyway, um, the next one is music and products produced during as a result of disasters, movements, etc. And I'll just group that one together with the next one, which is forms of disaster capitalism, blatant in parentheses development versus subtle in parentheses Hawaiians chasing clout. Let's fucking talk about this one, y'all. Number one. That's like the number one reason why I had to take a break from social media was because I could not fucking stand, dude. I just could not stand the shit that was being posted. Like, the fuck. Okay. Oh, God. I'm sorry. This is such a deep thorn for me. (laughs) The people. Okay. Let's just run through the whole t-shirt situation right now okay number one we should be supporting lahaina creators if there's a lahaina person that makes a lahaina strong shirt fucking buy the lahaina strong shirt from the lahaina person because even if they their house didn't burn down then they definitely know people better than some dumbass that's gonna that's gonna send all of their proceeds sorry not some dumbass but some uneducated person that's gonna send all of their proceeds to fucking red cross which is like we all know well maybe we don't all know red cross and fema are are shit guys we don't want to be pushing donations to them they're pieces of shit um well maybe let's dive into that a little bit so number one ooh, how's this story so we made chili mac um what happened why couldn't we drop all of it off or did we just have a bunch left over from that day? I don't remember, but we had some left over. And it was dark. That's why it was dark already. And we'd only dropped off half of our batch and we had to just leave. So we came out and War Memorial Shelter, which is like one of the biggest ones that's like right outside Lahaina. We went over there to go drop off this hot meal. And they were like, you can't. You Are you cleared? Is this shipment cleared? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? We got a hot, a huge ass thing of chili outside. What do you mean? Is it cleared? <laughs> I'm, I'm here clearing it right now. And she's like, oh, no, you have to fill out this paperwork. You have to get this wristband. They have to test your food, bitch. And I get it. OK, like I understand that, like, you know, food poisoning or like what the fuck ever. But like taste it i don't know like it just seems so fucking dumb so we go through all of that i i'm pissed at this point i feel out the stupid like from the fucking minute we pull up to war memorial we're like fuck this place bro like 
totally different vibe from all of the hubs on the inside so for those of you that don't know or understand inside of Lahaina town there's still a bunch of people that are in there number one because of the land grab situation well i don't know that doesn't really seem very viable right now or like even a thing that's happening but in the beginning and also like for some kind of normalcy to stay in your home but like on the flip side it really like it's not safe to be in there right now but anyway so there's a bunch of people in there and on top of the people that are in there there's a bunch of community hubs which are basically places where people can get supplies emergency supplies um in addition to a bunch of other really great stuff they have going on like napili noho does kids nights they do movie nights they have like activities for everybody um and they also have hot meals that are served at all of the not all the different hubs but a bunch of the different hubs so that's where we were taking our food to was napili noho because um kaipo was jade's boss and really good longtime friend and so we were most comfortable with kaipo because kaipo's running napili noho and then uncle kl moko and itui who jade's pa were running the other ones so those were the two that we were kind of going back and forth between um and then everybody else not everybody else there's like a whole bunch of other hubs inside and that was also super interesting to see like the different vibes of all the different hubs and like how they run and how yeah like just in general the different vibes it was very interesting but then war memorial was like a total different shit show like they've got like security up the fucking yin yang for like oh yeah that's right because they had fights that were breaking out over there i forgot um lots of haole lots of poe haole that were there like all the hubs were mostly like kanaka or like local local haole uh the shelters were like haoles and then uh, so we pull up they're like oh no 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 you have to fill out all this paperwork you gotta get the wristband you gotta get your food tested you gotta go in the back you gotta meet the department of health we do all of these fucking things okay we're tired it's been a full day it's like 8 30 at night it's been a full fucking day of us cooking running donations physically running donations here and there and going in and out and offloading and onloading we're fucking exhausted we pull up like all like you know whatever we'll just go give them the rest of the hot food um it's a you know it's a good fucking meal i'm like they probably are tired of sandwiches and fucking pizza so let's go give them some spaghetti so we do all of it and they're like no we can't take this it's not scheduled and i'm like so why did you fucking make us go through all of that we're pissed we're walking out of war memorial telling everybody that we can on the way out we're serving this chili in the parking lot or this spaghetti in the parking lot if you guys are hungry come outside and come eat because they're not letting us serve it to you guys so we've got a whole bunch of people that follow us come out to the parking lot we're walking around the parking lot telling everybody hey we have hot meals over here if you guys want to come eat come eat we're trying to fill as many bowls as we can before we get kicked out pretty much and on our way out we're like serving bowls to the security they were so nice they were they just looked the other way they said yeah fuck that shit um but just one example of like department of health red cross fema they're all the same fucking thing getting in the fucking way of us just trying to feed our people just trying to feed people in general like anyway so it was really frustrating for me to see that you know we were pushing things like donations to red cross donations to fema and like i had so many people come in my dms later like after i fucking was posting all of that stuff about the 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 fun the fire fundraiser that Inima and tiare had going on 
and everybody was like oh my god i didn't know i thought blah 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 and i'm like yeah you didn't know because you didn't fucking do any research you just saw a place to donate and you clicked on it and you said okay now i can feel better and move along with my life now that i've donated and like like what the fuck you know like that was stupid of you to be honest um and then where was i going with all of that oh the music and the products produced as a result of disasters and movements so number one if there's a lahaina creator creating a lahaina thing we should support them number two proceeds are different from profits are different from donations are different from like gross and all of that kind of stuff so everybody and their fucking mother selling shirts saying 100 percent of proceeds that's not fucking true dude like this has been driving me nuts proceeds are like everything so like let's say you buy the five dollar shirt you print it um and then you sell it for twenty dollars that means you're giving twenty dollars from every single shirt you still have to ship the shirt. You still have to pay for the shirt itself. You still have to pay for the materials it took you to, to make the shirt. You still have to pay for the overhead costs of electricity and water and all the other things that it takes you to make the shirt. And that's not even talking about your labor that's encountered into that, which I know that all of these fuckers are fucking taking money out from. So profits would be like after you take out all of that money, right? So let's say you sell the shirt for $23. It takes $20 with everything included. So the $3 is the profits. If person A is selling a shirt with 100% of proceeds going to Lahaina and person B is selling a shirt with 100% of profits going to Lahaina, person A is sending $20 while person B is sending $3. These fuckers are just making shirts and not understanding the difference. So when you're claiming proceeds, 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 you're taking money away from somebody else that is actually donating 100% of proceeds. Not just all that, but what the fuck, assholes, just donate the fucking blank, like, brand new blanks. Like, people, oh, God, it's so frustrating, dude. And then there's, like, that whole category of fucking assholes that have nothing to do with Hawaii uh, that are just, like, trying to make a quick fucking dollar during all of this. And they're like, oh, we're just trying to help. And I'm like, your $2,000 of donations is coming from somewhere. Encourage your followers and your platform and your people to donate directly to those families. Like... The amount of times that I had to fucking explain it, and this is exactly why I got the fuck off of social media was because I could not stand it. And then in addition, there's people that do rape and fucking exploit and prostitute Hawaii, her people, her culture, her places, and they do nothing to give back Oprah. Every other fucking Hollywood Hawaiian, as Napua would say. All of those fucking stupid bikini brands that I was blasting for a little bit. That Fox Swim bitch. The fucking Hawaii Swim Show that was promoting her stupid little fashion show. Like one, literally the same week as the fire. She was on Instagram promoting her fashion show and saying that like a select percent of proceeds. Like shut the fuck up, bro. I fucking could not. Like... The money I would give to just have a fuck to just be able to swing on these bitches, dude. It's crazy trying to make a fucking dollar in the middle of a tragedy. Trying to make a dollar when people are literally still looking for their kids. Trying to make a dollar when, like, people don't know where they're going to live or eat. How they're going to eat for the week. That's another one. That fucking girl that's trying to raise money or that was raising money to send, like, Acacia and Aloha Collection shit is fucking dumb. It's fucking dumb. 
There's people that literally still don't know how they're going to feed their family for the next week or where their family's going to live next month. And you're out here collecting $1,000 for fucking acacia shit for one person. That's out of hand, bitch. And that's out of touch. And that's disconnected. And if that's your friend, you better fucking talk to her before I do, girl, because I have just been holding my shit and holding my tongue. So let me just say, if that's your friend, please fucking talk to her. Um, uh, forms of disaster capitalism, blatant development. That was another one. I don't know if you guys saw that Boxable thing, but there was basically a company called Boxable where they have these box houses that they were saying that they were going to like donate and this and that and blah, blah, fucking blah. Um, and then it comes to find out that everybody in the comments was like, uh, I ordered one of the, there's basically a 17,000, uh, people long wait list. And this, this company was basically just trying to, so they were crowdfunding. They had a 17,000 people long wait list of people that have been waiting years for their homes, but they're saying, oh, we have 200 homes. We're trying to ship to Maui right now. So everybody was pissed because that's definitely a way that they're just trying to make a really quick buck and they can charge the government for those houses and they were even posting like we've been trying to get in touch with somebody and nobody yeah because nobody wants your shitty houses and that's another thing that nobody's thinking about when they're trying to provide all this temporary housing for everybody you guys think that everybody wants to be stacked on top of each other in a fucking field for the the next three years like i get it it's about it's like an emergency but like the long-term housing for them is not should not be treated as an emergency god so frustrating so it's like everything from the development disaster capitalism. So sorry, disaster capitalism is basically using a disaster to make money um, to the fucking Hawaiians and non-Hawaiians even that are making T-shirts and are making all kind of this, that, blah, blah, blah. Like the concerts, the, the fucking Hawaii's finest concert that was like the week after everything was so fucking out of touch, so disconnected, so fucking stupid. Like, I don't give a fuck if that is your friend. You can fucking tell them and tell them to give me a call, bitch, because I will let them know exactly how everybody, maybe not everybody, but how a lot of people felt that we were talking to. Like, why the fuck? So fucking stupid. Like, instead of having a concert, oh my God, dude, I can't get over it. I'm just so upset about it. It's just so disgusting to watch people make money off of a fucking mass tragedy. (sighs) all right moving on uh this person said this might be a hot one but tiare lawrence and a and b um fact tiare lawrence works for mahipono she's like one of their top dogs fact mahipono is owned by alexander and baldwin fact mahipono has contributed to a lot of the desertification of especially west maui's lands Maybe not especially West Mali's lands, but desertification of the whole island. Fact, Mahipono and Alexander and Baldwin are predatory on the Hawaiian community and Hawaiian lands. Opinion. I don't know. This is not, uh, if I really, uh, you know what I mean? I gave you the facts. Make your own conclusions and know that I don't support Tiare Lawrence I don't support Eliminator I don't support pretty much just those two guys <laughs> and all their fucking woo woo that they be doing I don't take part in any of that moving on um 
Somebody said literally how families are getting kicked out of hotels due, due to tourists coming back. Actually, maybe we'll talk about that in the tourism section. Um, somebody said how to be a good ally to Kanaka diaspora, how Hawaiians here and abroad differ but can support each other. That's a great one. Um, everybody asking how to support everything going on, uh, send money, to be completely honest. Do not send your money to, <laughs> to the fundraiser that we just talked about or Red Cross or FEMA. Um, good places to send your money. To be completely honest, I'm like, I don't even fucking know anymore. To be so for real, if you know someone directly in Lahaina that you can help, that's the best way. Venmo them directly, bro. If you don't, you can totally reach out to me and I'll send you a couple of my friends and like their Venmos. Um, because these fucking big organizations are not it. I want to touch on that for a second. CNHA. I have never fucking liked CNHA. I'll be so for real with you. I think it's another fucking OHA. It's another fed wreck wrapped in a pretty bowl. Um, and I don't give a fuck how much money you guys have. I'm good on that. Um, and I think that's the difference between me and a lot of these fuckers is that the money, bro, like... I can't, I can't even begin to explain to you guys the amount of sellout shit that has happened in the past, past month. And I'm not going to go into it because to each their own, everybody's own fucking business. But all I got to say is for a hot moment there, I lost all fucking hope for the future of the Hawaiian kingdom. And I'm going to leave that at that. Um, supporting. So yeah, so if you know somebody, fucking Venmo them directly because these big organizations are literally just pouring the money in each other's buckets and they're claiming, like they're putting out official statements. All of them are putting out official statements that they are going to donate the monies to families affected in Lahaina, which is another line that fucking makes me want to punch myself in the head because what families? Families you know, families you're going to choose. What kind of families? Are they going to, what about couples? What about individuals? What about kupuna that are old and living by themselves? Like, fuck, dude, that line drives me crazy. Like, are you literally just going to send, like, $5,000 to your friend? Or are you going to send, like, you know what I mean? Like, the transparency. And then when people are asked for transparency, they get so fucking, like, weirded out. And to be completely honest, I love when people ask me for transparency because I have all the fucking receipts and I'm here to provide it. And I think that holding people accountable and transparency are important things as we move into the future of the Hawaiian kingdom. All of these fucking nonprofits, Aina Momona. Hawaii Community Foundation, uh, what the fuck ever, Council for Native Hawaiian Advancement, uh, the Vahine Toa, the fucking one that was running the thing, the big fundraiser, the fucking almost $3 million fundraiser. Um, they're all pouring money into each other's buckets because they don't know what to do with it, you guys. They're all overwhelmed. They don't know what to do with it. They're pouring money into each other. They're literally saying, this is what we're going to do with the money to the public. And then they're turning around and saying, oh, here's $50,000. Can you deal with it? Because I have too much money and I don't know what to do with it. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> like, it's driving me absolutely nuts. And I get it. It's a big kuleana. It's a big responsibility. But then, like, why did you open up if you didn't have a plan? Why did you start accepting donations if you didn't have a fucking plan? It doesn't make any fucking sense. So anyway, how to help from afar is literally just donate to people that you know that are in the Haina. Um, my girlfriend does a really good job. Actually, don't follow her. Fuck that. I'll post them. I was going to say, she does a really good job of posting um, families from Lahaina Ohana Venmo. Because just in case you guys didn't know, or I mean, sorry, these are like alleged 
alleged. I don't know. I, can, I have not fact checked this. Um, but I did hear stuff that some money from that pot in general was going towards people party, partying at Tiare's house. And that people that were submitting were not being posted because people on the vetting crew of Lahaina Ohana Venmo didn't like them. Or people were being posted that didn't submit because people on the Lahaina Ohana Venmo crew did like them. So that's not... And even then, they shut down already, I think, because they were getting a lot of heat from a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. Um, And so, like, yeah, I personally don't utilize that page anymore. I just talk to my girlfriend and ask her, like, okay, what about this one? What about this one? Um, And I want to take a quick second to touch on that really quickly because I just remembered something else that happened. Um, When we were walking through the neighborhood, when we had hiked across the fucking park, and we were, and this one, okay, so I'm going to let you know right now, this is an unpopular opinion, and it might be triggering to some people, and it might make you hate me. I'm going to say it anyway, because this is a truth that I stand by. Um, somebody Somebody posted a post about Filipinos are losing out or they're being forgotten about in all of the hoo-ha and everything that's going on right now with the wildfires. Um, And somebody commented on that post, and they were like, within the first few, it's already happening, within the first few days after the fire, um, a Native Hawaiian woman was heard walking throughout the neighborhood saying, and she said something like, those aren't our people, but we'll feed them anyways, no aloha. And I had to just fucking laugh because, um, yeah, bitch, she was probably talking about me. And, um, I, I, you know, to me, that is the epitome of aloha is like, those aren't our people, but fuck yeah, feed them because they're hungry. So I don't know where you are going with that comment. Uh, but that's always going to be my priority. And I know this might sound a little insensitive, but where's your community call your community if you're one of those kako'o then why weren't you there feeding your people we're here to feed everybody girl but our our priority is kanaka and it will always be kanaka um and that was like kind of uncomfortable for me to work my way through because i was like damn am i being racist and it's i mean whether or not i'm being racist i honestly don't really care our people always get the shit end of the stick. And you know what? Maybe so do Filipinos. Okay, so get your Filipino community organizing going, girl. Like, I, I'm not from Lahaina. I'm not Filipino. I have kuleana to where I have kuleana. And so, that's that on that, girl. Anyway, community organizing from the heart. Community activations in moments of crisis yeah uh watch out who you let organize your community (laughs) is what i have to say i i have to say throughout all of this i'd be thinking about like what would happen if this ever happened in waimanalo like what would the reaction like um activation look like the organization look like if if a giant disaster like this happened in waimanalo and Lahaina is a very, very unique place. I remember even seeing a post one time about somebody was saying, like, Hawaiians, um, I don't like that. Like, what? Hawaiians not the only people living in Lahaina. I don't like that everybody talking for Hawaiians, but we don't have a voice in all of this. And I think the person that had said it was a, um, a different Pacific Islander. I want to say Samoan. Um... And I had to pause for a second. But, like, we're in Hawaii. So 
Okay, because it goes back to, to me, Hawaiians are the best stewards of the aina, right? Because we've been here for generations. We are privy to the ike kuuna that has allowed our people to survive and thrive here for generations. Hawaiians should always be in charge of Hawaiian land and what happens on Hawaiian land and what happens in Hawaiian communities and what happens in Hawaii, period. We know the best. Not every single Hawaiian, but all the Hawaiians together have the best and connection to know what's best for Hawaii. Like I said, not all Hawaiians, but Hawaiians in general. You cannot tell me somebody that does not come from here, that was not born and raised here, that did not have generational ties to this land here, knows better than somebody that does. It just it doesn't make sense. It does not, A plus B does not equal C to me, girl. Um... But in today's 2023 politically correct world, everybody's got to have a voice and everybody needs to be heard and everybody this and everybody that. No, bring back the kapu system is what I have to say to that. Not all of it, just some of it. Um, tourism, moving out of tourist dependency. Bro, that was the first thing I fucking said when that whole beef about Maui, Lahaina is closed, but Maui is open. That shit is fucking dumb. I'll say it 5,000 times over to anybody that wants to hear it and anybody that doesn't want to hear it. That's fucking dumb. Hawaii Hawaii is always closed. We don't want nobody, and I don't give a fuck who wants to debate any of this, this, that. It is not open for conversation, for debate. It is not open for argument. That is where I stand 10 toes down, 100% forever, will say we're taxed. We're, we're already, there's too many people here. We don't need fucking tourists. And if you in 2023, bitch, are basing your business around tourists, you need to look at your business and figure out what you need to do to fix it because it's not sustainable. Did you learn nothing from COVID was what I want to tell all of them so desperately. Did you learn nothing from COVID? If you're the one that's basing your business around tourism still after everything that we've learned and after all of the experiences that we've had in the last five years, then you're fucking dumb and you learned nothing and that's on you. And to be so for fucking for real with you, maybe your business failing would not be such a bad thing. Less reliance on tourism, more sustainable trades in Hawaii. Yes. Alternatives to tourism. Tourism depend like literally, I don't know. <laughs> Like, literally, just live your life, guys. <laughs> Sorry, not literally, just live your life. So, like, Ahupua, a restoration, right? Um, you can go back and listen to literally every single podcast before this one for answers to every single question here. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not going over it all over again. Go listen to some other fucking podcast or go read a fucking book. Uh, somebody said how families are getting kicked out of hotels due to, to, due to tourists coming back. My good friend works at a hotel in Lahaina, and she said, stop perpetuating. Well, somebody was saying the government is pushing it, and she was like, stop fucking perpetuating that because it's the hotels that are choosing to open up to tourists. No, The government can't tell the hotel who they can house and who they can't house. FEMA and Red Cross are the ones that are paying for the people to stay in the hotels, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but not FEMA fucking staying in the Four Seasons, like the fanciest, most top tier hotel that they have instead of the fucking like cheaper apartments and like putting up, I don't know, just fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Just shit like that. Shit like that. That pisses me the fuck off. Um, 
yeah you guys know where i stand tourism fucking sucks and it shouldn't be here to begin with and oh my god jay just posted something yesterday that i had to fucking like i said good for them there was an incident in lahaina where there was a tourist family that had pulled over on the side of the road and they were taking fucking pictures in front of everything burned down there was somebody that was right about to pull on the or he was rolling down his window to flip them off and he said before he could a toyota a toyota pickup drove across the highway onto the wrong side pulled screeched to a stop right in front of the jeep smacked the phone out of the guy's hand and started to fucking tell him like what like let's fucking bang and i said round of applause brothers that's how you fucking handle that because there's no way that everybody did not hear about what's going on you know what i mean it's not like oh i didn't know and even if you didn't know you could have fucking known driving in that it's inappropriate for you to just stop like god they deserved every little bit of that dead fucking ass and i hope they never remember i mean i hope they never ever forget the time that they almost shit their pants in hawaii because they wanted to be fucking culturally insensitive dumb fucking pricks this podcast is clearly not safe for workplace or not safe for children to listen to <laughs> Um, so it's like, that's like one example of what they're going to do as soon as you guys start opening the floodgates. So number one, Josh Green said October 8th is when Lahaina is opening up for business is fucking dumb. And that's full stop. That's where I stand on that for everything that I literally just said. All right, let's close this one up with grief. We're going to talk about grief, dealing with grief, so many types of grief, but damn, the white man don't want to let us heal pain grief work how can we work through grief in a society that expects you to just keep pushing that last one resonates so hard for me i came back from lahaina the first time and jade and i spent all night crying and talking and processing and like having really fucking hard shitty conversations and then we went back to lahaina the next day because i was like this is not right like i can't fucking be here like while everything's going on over there um and i yeah i just shut like you know like you guys know i shut down my business i like literally just got my kid to school and fed her and got her to sleep and that was like the bare minimum of what i could do for a while um the stages of grief i i want to i want to talk about two things right here right now i want to talk about the stages of grief I want to talk about um, Nanaike Kumu. So the stages of grief, um, there's so much more to them, right? Like there's so much to it, but um, the one that I'm looking at right now, shock and denial. So that includes like a lot of avoidance, confusion, fear, numb. It's crazy because we went through every single step and we're still going through every single step numbness blaming people anger is the next stage frustration anxiety irritation embarrassment shame next stage is depression and detachment which was definitely what i went through the most which was the overwhelmed the blahs the lack of energy the helplessness and then the dialogue and bargaining which is reaching out to to others the desire to tell one's story the struggle to find meaning for what has happened which is kind of where i'm at right now and then acceptance, exploring options, a new plan in place, and then returning to a meaningful life, which looks like empowerment, security, self-esteem, and meaning. So 
understanding that healing is not linear, understanding that grief is not linear, understanding that all of those parts are super important to the whole and to, to go through and feel all of those parts is the most important, important thing I can give to you right now. A lot of mine was like avoidance when I came back. I was like sleeping a lot. I was smoking a lot. I was, um, yeah, just trying to like not, like I was staying off of social media. You got to go through it, bro. You can't skip over it. And it hurts so bad and so deep. And there's so many layers and like new things that I think of every day. But you just got to fucking feel it and you got to go through it and you got to beef up your support system with people that really love you and like can hold you. And you got to just go through it and it's so fucking shitty and you have to just cry and feel all the things or else it's never going to get solved. And sometimes it feels like it's always going to be like this and it's not. It's not always going to be like this. How I feel today is totally different than how I felt a month ago. really painful and it's a lot of shadow work and working through your own projections and like filtering through your own wounds right like lots of generational trauma um triggered through this whole process but like looking at where everything comes from like where do your thoughts come from where do your actions come from where do your plans come from do they come from a place of scarcity and trauma or do they come from a place of abundance and foresight let yourself go through and and so i think what this person is saying by how do we work through grief in a society that expects you to just keep pushing you got to take the break because I, I, yeah, I felt, I felt the need to keep pushing. I felt it not just from myself. I felt it from my, my audience, right? Like my, my, my social media peeps. I felt it from my own family. My mom was like, you gotta, you like, you can't just come back here and mope around. Like you gotta get back to work. You gotta get back to like really jumping in with Ovenna. And I had a really hard time, like with her telling me that because I just was like, fuck, like, I just want to be sad for a while. Like, I want to just think about everything and process and journal and meditate and practice mindfulness and fucking, like, do all the things that I need to do right now. Like, I, I, I felt like I had gone through battle and completely emptied my reservoir of, like, juice and I needed to, like, refill my cup. And I still do. Like, I still don't really know where that where that's going to come from to be completely honest like I don't know what kind of connection needs to happen there um but I think like feeling it working through it making sure your cup is filled up and I don't mean like partying or doing drugs or drinking or any of the other like or having you know sexual relations with random partners or any of the other things that sometimes we turn to to distract us from the deep intense pain that we feel none of that none of that is going to do anything for you it's going to delay if anything your healing and if I would have faced this and gone through the luu the first week I came back instead of going back to work and subbing and fucking smoking like an ounce and sleeping all the time I might be in a better place today but these are still lessons that I'm still remembering and reteaching over and over and over again 
over these 29 years. So keep pushing. But I will leave you with a little ray of hope through this puke. This book that I have that you should all get. So long, long story short, this excerpt comes from Nanae Kekumu, Volume 3. And it says, Kaumaha, Grief in Modern Hawaiian Life. The Olelo Noel, Pulu Elo Ikaua, Oilo depicts the winter rain of Hawaii as the embodiment of deep grief. It evokes a constant rain, one that goes on for hours or days or weeks, keeping us indoors, preventing us from going about our daily routines, or resulting in more serious consequences, such as flooding. Pulu Elo refers to a downpour that soaks one to the bone. Grief can have the effect of such a deluge, drenching us in sadness, depression, and remembrances of the happier times we experienced before the loss that has caused our heartache. Every society has its own rituals related to dying, death, and grief because they are part of the human life cycle. The ancient Hawaiians had detailed protocols for dealing with loss, including conducting ho'oponopono to address unresolved family issues, preparing the corpse, ue, wailing and crying, oli kanikau, a chant of lamentation, and aha aina make, the feast after burial. They built these traditions on the belief that the loved one lives forever in spirit, possibly manifesting in another form. However, exposure to the outside world and its economic and social structures has radically transformed Hawaiian society, disrupting its traditions. So long story short, I'm sorry that you have to fucking go to work and I'm sorry that we have to do all of this bullshit white people shit to physically be able to provide food, a shelter, water for our children and for ourselves. Because really, I wish I could give all of you the gift of being able to grieve of being able to feel, of being able to work through it instead of having to worry about paying your mortgage, paying your fucking bills, um, you know what I mean? Cooking meals for your children. In a perfect world, we would live in a place where people not affected in Lahaina would be cared for by community and they would make meals for everybody so they don't have to think about that. They would um, help pay all the bills so we don't have to think about that. But we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a fucking shit. No, sorry, 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 sorry. Dad it back. We live in an illegally occupied fake state world. And so we make it happen and we make it work how we can. I would definitely recommend Nanaike Kumu, um, volume three for all of you guys, because it has a great chapter on grief in modern Hawaiian life. And after I work my way through the whole thing, I will add a little bit more of grief work stuff onto the next um, podcast that we do about being Hawaiian in Hawaii, mothering, diaspora, and Hawaii Kapiko. All right, that's all I have in me for today. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. I know this was a really long one. We, I don't even know what to say. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Aoi ho, kako.